Since it was first described in the MMWR in 1981, lots of terms have been associated with HIV AIDS, but the term cure has not been one of the terms described with it. Welcome to ReachMD Book Club. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell, and we are joined today by Dr. Nathalia Holt, author of the book Cure, How the Berlin Patients Defeated HIV and Forever Changed Medical Science. Nathalia, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So professionally, how have you been associated with HIV? So I have a PhD in microbiology, and uh, for my research, I have done gene therapy on HIV. So I've been looking at how we can use gene therapy to target parts of the genome that HIV needs in order to enter human cells. But my research actually isn't a part of this book. This book is, is really more about what others have done and about the two personal stories about two men that have been cured of HIV. Terrific. So so going back even before that, I, I thought it was very interesting to tell the backstory of AZT and how it emerged as an AIDS treatment. Yes, this is kind of a sad story, actually, when we look at it, because AZT, of course, is a drug that is the first one against HIV. And in some ways, the drug was this incredible success because it was able to really help many, many people in the beginning. Um, and people wanted it so much, wanted some kind of drug for HIV so desperately that they were willing to have protests and, and, and really change the way that we even have clinical trials today and the way that patients gain access to clinical trials today. And then, of course, on the other side, even from the beginning, we knew there were problems with the drug and that there are some toxicities. Um, and what's interesting is that we still actually use AZT today. I think sometimes that's that's forgotten. But if it's given in the right doses and in the right combinations, it, it can be useful. It's particularly useful when given to pregnant women. It's one of the, the few therapies that we can give to pregnant women that have HIV. So it's a, it's a drug that just, it has such a fascinating history and how, you know, it went from this really forgotten cancer drug that was just in a shelf to the, at the time, the most expensive prescription drug in history. So are there patients with HIV that never have a clinical advance of their disease? There are. Yeah, so the, there are a few different groups of patients that don't advance to AIDS and instead are just infected with the virus. Um, these are tend to be called controllers. Sometimes they're called elite controllers or non-progressing controllers. And these are people who we know they, they are infected with HIV, um, but their body is, is, their immune system is just able to beat the virus and get around it. And then there are another group of people who have a mutation, and this mutation is called Delta 32. And for these people, they actually don't ever get infected with HIV at all. So they will be multiple, exposed many times to the virus, but they never end up getting infected. So for the average typical patient, what is the typical course of the viral infection of humans with HIV? So typically for acute infection, the symptoms, the first symptoms are, are just what you expect for most viruses. You know, they happen in the first few weeks and people often think they have the flu or chicken pox or, you know, something, something similar to that. And then during that time, the virus is just going crazy and making millions of copies of itself and invading the body and going into every organ you can think of, going into bone marrow and the brain, all over the gut, um, and just taking over the immune system. And then what ends up happening is the progression to AIDS can vary a lot between people, but it tends to be about a decade before someone would end up going through AIDS if they don't end up getting treatment before. And that's, of course, 
a wonderful thing about what we have today is that we do have so many wonderful drugs that are able to treat HIV and to give people these long lives that they didn't have before combination therapy came around in the mid-1990s. Uh, so this is just such wonderful progress we've made. The problem, of course, is that drugs to viruses don't last forever, and we're constantly having to figure out new drugs that can take over the viruses as HIV is able to rapidly mutate and go around the drugs we have. And for some people, the drugs don't work, and there are some people who have gone through, even though we have so many different types of combination therapies for HIV, there's just some people that these drugs don't work for and end up still still progressing to AIDS. Um, and then, of course, there's many people that don't even have access to the drugs at all. So there's many reasons why we need a cure for HIV. Um, and the good news is, is that there's some really exciting research now that's, that's leading us there. So despite common misconceptions, Magic Johnson was not cured of AIDS, correct? No, he wasn't. He's such an interesting case. And there are other people like him that were able to receive therapy early on and and did well with the therapy they received and have lived long lives despite being diagnosed in the 1980s. It is it is a remarkable thing. You're listening to Reach MD Book Club. I'm your host, John Russell. We're speaking with Dr. Nathalia Holt, author of the book Cured. So who is Dr. Jessen? So he is a family doctor who is in Berlin, Germany, and he ends up with kind of a large uh, clientele of gay men and that's because he decided to make a family practice that's, that's very specific um, for this group of men. He's in the interesting position of treating two men who are both named the Berlin patients, just by strange coincidence. And both men have been given this name because they both received cures to HIV, although very different in nature. So he's such a, an important person in my book uh, because he's the one that ended up treating the first Berlin patient. So the first Berlin patient had the alias Christian Hahn. Can you tell me his story and kind of how his cure came about? Yeah, so he was a, a young man, um, and he was diagnosed with HIV very early on. So he knew that he'd had a risky exposure, and luckily he had this close relationship with his family's doctor, who was Heiko Jensen. And Heiko decided uh, to do something unusual. He decided that he was going to give a small number of patients a very aggressive therapy. And so this was a time that you know, we, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine what HIV was really like during this period. This was in the early 1990s. But this was a time when the therapies we had didn't work very well. All we had was AZT. And so under the compassionate use exception, physicians were able to try all of these different kinds of therapies just in the hopes of finding something that might work for their patients. Um, and so Heiko was doing a very small trial where he was looking at using an aggressive number of drugs, and one of those is hydroxyurea. And his idea was if he could use this drug, he might be able to knock out the reservoir of HIV. So this is all the places in the body where HIV hides. So it's that period during acute infection when HIV is going all over and in your bones and in your brain and in your gut. And so he believed that this drug might be effective in knocking out HIV hiding from the body. And he got this idea from a, a, a very famous scientist, Robert Gallo, um, who is a co-discoverer of HIV. And so he ended up testing the therapy in Christian, 
and Christian didn't respond well to the therapy. He found it very difficult to take. It made him very sick. And because of a number of, of different reasons, other health problems he had, um, he ended up taking what we would call treatment interruption today, but were really just breaks in the therapy because they weren't scheduled, they weren't planned. And then finally, only six months after he started this kind of unusual regime of drugs, he ended up just deciding that the virus was completely gone from his body and that he didn't have to take it at all. And Heiko, of course, um, being a physician and concerned about his patient, would try to convince him, no, you should really restart the drugs. Uh, but Christian was just completely convinced that the virus was gone from his body and he shouldn't be taking any more medicine. And Heiko did what he could, and he just said, well, that's fine. We'll just go off it now, and then we can always restart therapy later on. Um, and then the strange thing is that the virus never came back. Um, and we're now, you know, decades later looking at him, and and uh, he still has not had the virus come back in his body, and he still is a very healthy man. Um, so his case got a lot of attention at the time um, as being a man that was cured of HIV. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because there's been so much attention on early therapy, and his case is really one of the one of the reasons that a lot of that attention was made, and that a lot of people believe early therapy might be useful in treating HIV. So, do you think this was the harbinger of kind of post-exposure prophylaxis, and 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 this kind of led to a lot of changes that we've seen? It's changed how we look at treating HIV early, and now you know there's been so much attention because of cases like the Mississippi baby, this toddler that was given early therapy, and now the virus has come back in that, in that child. Um, but now, you know, because of these kind of big, splashy cases, we have clinical trials that can really evaluate if, if this is a, a, a strategy that, that could work, this idea of being able to treat the virus and potentially use drugs, not hydroxyurea, which we know um, is not particularly safe to give to patients, but perhaps other drugs that might be able to target the virus. And so there are some other clinical trials as well that are looking at drugs called HDAC inhibitors. And like hydroxyurea, this is a, a cancer drug. And it's kind of a similar idea that these drugs can go into the cells where HIV is hiding and be able to lure out the virus. And then we can give an aggressive enough dose of antivirals to be able to wipe it clean from a person's body. And so there's there's multiple trials happening right now um, that are looking at this strategy of, of treating HIV. Can you speak about the second Berlin patient you wrote about in your book, Timothy Brown? Yes. So Timothy Brown had a very different cure than Christian's. Timothy had HIV for a decade before he unfortunately then was also diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. And when he got this diagnosis, he ended up uh, going to Charity Hospital in Berlin and seeing uh, a young oncologist there whose name is Giro Hutcher. And Giro decided to do something really very unusual to treat this patient. So he had never seen an HIV patient before but he remembered when he was in med school, he had read this journal, um, and he had read this one paper that had found there's a certain mutation that's able to block HIV, and this mutation is Delta-32. And it just so happens that people that have two copies of this gene are, are resistant to HIV. So HIV uses this gene in order to enter T-cells. 
Um, and so Gear had this really kind of crazy idea, because no one had ever done it before, not even in an animal model, that he might be able to take a patient who had this mutation and do a stem cell transplant into Timothy for his cancer, but take those cells from a person with the mutation and put them in Timothy, and that then once those cells were there, they would have a selective advantage in the face of Timothy's HIV, and they would be able to block HIV, so he would be able to cure cancer and HIV at once. And you can imagine that because this is so new, really he just was laughed at. People thought this was such a crazy idea, and they gave many reasons why it wouldn't work. Um, and the funny thing is that it did work. Uh, Timothy got two stem cell transplants, and his body ended up then taking the mutation well, and he is homozygous for this one mutation, and uh, he is resistant to HIV, and the virus hasn't come back. So he's uh, a great example of, um, of, of what can be done with gene therapy. And so his case is, is really important because it's given a lot of hope for these approaches that are looking at ways we can modify cells in the body and make them look like Timothy's and like these people that have the Delta 32 mutation. And now we have clinical trials that are happening all over. So they're happening at the University of Pennsylvania and at UCLA and at USC. And these trials are, are looking at different means to, to cut out this CCR5 gene that holds the mutation and then be able to put these cells into patients with HIV so that all of their cells are now resistant to the virus. Um, and where these clinical trials are right now is that we have some indication that this can be done safely in patients, um, but we don't really know what the efficacy of it will be yet. So this is still up in the air, how these gene therapy approaches will work. But so far, it looks like it might be promising. Are both of these men still alive? They are. And they're still disease-free and healthy, and even for Timothy, the leukemia, he had a cure as well from that, which AML and you know isn't always the easiest thing to cure. No, it's really not. You know, they've tried to do this in, in several other patients now, try to sort of recreate Timothy's experience, and it's a very difficult thing because it's such a low survival rate for AML. So so far, there hasn't been a, another patient who's been able to survive from their cancer. And it is kind of a remarkable thing that they are both they are both healthy and doing well. So as someone who's done research in, in HIV, do you think these two stories might be kind of the ultimate stories for the, for the cure? I think that these are two pivotal stories. And, you know, what's interesting in science is that you never want to look at one case. You're always willing to look for a trend in a clinical trial and in some larger study. Um, but the reason I picked these two cases to write about is because they have had so much influence on where the field is right now. And it is, it's very rare for an individual patient case to, to change so much of, of how a, a, a field of medicine is, is going. Um, but really, in, in a short amount of time, we've gone from never mentioning the word cure in a meeting to having symposiums about HIV cures and, and talking about it openly. So it's been a remarkable change. And the hope is that these two cases won't won't be isolated for long, and that soon we'll be able to see results from larger studies and, and see some of the benefits of their stories being able to be applied to other people. You know, obviously, we can't go around giving stem cell transplants to everyone. That wouldn't be safe. And we can't go around giving dangerous cancer drugs to everyone. 
Um, but we can take what we've essentially learned about these stories and and apply them to to clinical trials for other people. Which I also think is, to me, the amazing takeaway story is what two thoughtful physicians that were patient-centered who really kind of thought outside the box. And I think that's really remarkable. I think when we think about where the cure, if two patients were cured, we'd really say, boy, this happened at Hopkins or this happened at Harvard or this happened not in a family doctor's <laughs> office in Germany, uh, I think is really remarkable. And to me, that's that's very the inspirational thing is that, you know, cures can come from unlikely sources. Yes, it's, it's such a remarkable part of this because you would never expect that a family physician or an oncologist who had never treated an HIV patient would be part of this. It's just, it's, they've, they've, and you know, they, they've had a hard road to do it. It hasn't been easy for them to be able to be taken seriously and to be able to publish the results has not been easy for them. It is a really remarkable thing that their, that their experiences are what shaped this. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. The book is Cured by Dr. Nathalia Holt, uh, How the Berlin Patients Defeated HIV and Forever Changed Medical Science. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. This is Dr. John Russell. You've been listening to ReachMD Book Club. To download this program or others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com. Thanks again for listening.